So today's reading is Mark chapter 15. We're ever so close to the end of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, in this chapter, the, the trying of Jesus continues, and he is delivered over to be tortured and crucified. He is mocked and ridiculed in the process. Upon his death, he is taken by a man named Joseph of Arimathea and laid in his tomb. It's a, certainly a somber chapter, but as we consider the death of Jesus, we should always keep in mind the bigger picture. So let's consider that a, min, a bit. Let's think about their will and his will. Their will and his will. Throughout the events leading up to and including the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Gospels often give us insights into two perspectives. And by this, I mean that we are given insight into the intentions of the Jewish and Roman leaders and also into the insight into the intentions of God the Father and Christ Jesus. In other words, the leaders thought they were doing one thing and God makes it clear that they were actually accomplishing something else entirely. They were accomplishing His will and His plan from all eternity. We introduced this idea when we looked at these events in Matthew 27. I want to show that we also see it in the Gospel of Mark. This idea really began in earnest in the last chapter, chapter 14. We didn't get a chance to highlight this yesterday, so let me point out a few instances there. Chapter 14 opens by expressing the will of the chief priests and scribes to arrest Jesus and by stealth and kill him, verse 1. When G Judas agreed to help them in this, verse 11, they were glad and promised to give him money. They felt powerful and in charge of things. They felt like their plan was working out perfectly. They even had one of Jesus' own disciples helping them. But as Jesus would say in John's gospel, in John 10, 18, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. This is illustrated in Mark 14 through Jesus' repeated foretelling of all the events leading up to his arrest before they take place. For example, when Jesus prepared to celebrate the last Passover meal with his disciples, he told his disciples to go to the place where they would observe the meal. Mark 14, 13 through 16. He told them ahead of time exactly who they would see as they entered the city, that he would be carrying a jar of water, that they, what they were to say to that man and what his reaction would be to them. I mean, really specific. Verse 16 says the disciples, quote, found it just as he had told them. Well, as they were eating the Passover meal, Jesus announces again ahead of time that one of his disciples would betray him. In verse 18, this came to fruition, of course, later in the Garden of Gethsemane, verses 43 through 50, at the conclusion of the Passover meal, at the end of which they all sang a hymn, verse 26, Jesus announced to Peter ahead of time that he would deny him three times. It says that in verses 29 through 31. By the end of the chapter... It came about just as Jesus had said, verses 66 through 72. So in chapter 14, all the events leading up to his arrest were playing out just as Jesus told them ahead of time. What the Jewish leaders thought they were doing by stealth in verse 1, Jesus already knew and foretold all the events before they happened. So when you come to chapter 15, our chapter for today, Jesus quietly stands trial before Pontius Pilate, verses 1 through 15. As Pilate questioned him, Jesus essentially stood silent, verse 5. This amazed Pilate, probably thinking Jesus a fool for not defending himself when he had clearly done nothing wrong. 
verses 5 and 14. Jesus was simply fulfilling the 700-year-old prophecy in Isaiah 53, 7. Jesus stood silently, passively, allowing the crowd to demand his fate, verse 15. Passively allowing the Roman soldiers to mock him as they savagely beat him, verse 20. And passively allowing the chief priests and scribes to mock him as he hung on the cross, verse 31. Even further, as he hung on the cross for six hours, the soldiers did not take his life, but rather, verse 38 says, he gave up his own spirit to death. He died in such a sovereign way that the pagan centurion who saw it happen became convinced of Jesus' deity. It says that in verse 39. He died in such a sovereign way that Pilate, in verse, th- in verse 44, quote, was surprised to hear that he should have already died. Is it any wonder that despite the evil intentions of the Jews and Romans, Jesus gave his life up on his own terms and in his own time? Is it any wonder when in this very gospel Jesus foretold the events of his death three times before it came to pass? He said it in Mark 8, 31 through 33, a second time in Mark 9, verses 30 through 32, and for a third time in Mark 30, excuse me, Mark 10, verse 32 and 34 through 34. Their will was to kill him. His will was to give his life as a ransom for many, Mark 10, 45. Their evil was made to serve the good purpose of God. God was not a victim. He freely gave so that we could freely receive. And because he was not a victim, but freely gave, we can rejoice with the Apostle Paul when he says in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? As the old hymn says, mercy there was great and grace was free. The gospel never, ever gets old, and I hope you never grow tired of the story. And that's Mark 15.